you can't expect that income, that stable income straight away anyways. So now on YouTube, you should have other sources of income. Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Creative Generation. Create a generation of hype. Hey everyone, in this episode we continue to chat about how to make money and diversify your revenue on YouTube. Once again, we have some great creators including Dolan from Planet Dolan who has over 7 million subs across his channels. We're going to chat to him and a bunch of others about how to create great revenue opportunities. Let's get into it. Mars from the Amazing, a storytime animator. I'm just super forward. Like, I really like thinking about future plans, right? I never am satisfied with one source of revenue or one source of um, engagement, you know. Um, that's why I love live streaming. That's why I love really experimenting with new features like premieres and stuff. I really do love all of that. And I felt like um, the next expansion of this kind of animation thing is touring around Australia. I'm growing my team out, you know. I have I had six employees. Now I have ten. And so... Um, some of them are background artists, some of them are editors, some of them are um, compositional in, in-betweeners. So just expanding that out as well. Working on merchandise, you know, which is like I just did not have time for that, yeah. you know. Brendan Harvey from Good Newspaper. It's interesting because uh, it, I've gone through a lot of evolutions through the years on, on how I get paid. Uh, but one of the best pieces of advice I got early on was to um, really – make sure that I had a lot of revenue sources all at once in case something drops out. Um, you'll always have kind of some other things to keep you afloat. And that's kind of the golden secret to working for yourself. And it, it fully makes sense to me because there was a point where, you know, one day I was getting a bunch of Snapchat gigs, which is still so funny to say. And then the next day Snapchat wasn't in anymore. Like as basically as soon as Instagram made their own stories platform, Every brand, basically, except for ones that were specifically targeting teens, uh, they were like, oh, we're not going to focus on, you know, trying to build an audience on Snapchat when we can just do the same thing on Instagram. Uh, And so that whole revenue source dried up immediately. But it was great because I still had photography and public speaking and uh, consulting and Instagram brand partnerships and uh, all these different things. And so... Uh, I've always tried to have multiple revenue sources coming in. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but I think that they're always predicated on um, the things that I, uh, you know, the stories that I want to tell. And, and sometimes it, it just so happens that I am able to help a brand tell stories or help another creator tell stories better or uh, speak on a stage and help, uh, use storytelling to communicate an idea that matters. Um, and so that's, I'm, I feel very privileged to get to, uh, for probably 90% of my work, do things that I, I really like. Uh, and, you know, for that other 10, I, I will gladly accept uh, that as the payment for having to, uh, for, for getting the privilege of, of, of doing things that I really am passionate about for my job. Dolan from Planet Dolan, listicles and animation. I think given the instability of YouTube at times, uh, I always encourage people to diversify wherever you can. So uh, whether that means um, moving your content to other platforms in addition, I mean, Twitch is quite a big thing now, so people usually diversify onto that um, and have like a dual business thing going on. Uh, so we manage diversify by doing merchandise, we do uh, regular sponsorships on our animation channel as well. 
um, we have a mobile game that is called Donald Cart, and we released that, I think, last year. Um, we also do Patreon as well, just for the fans that want to help out. Um, we also have a book that's, that's in stores, uh, so we try to get everywhere we can uh, just to uh, keep things stable, uh, help out the people that are working with us so that tomorrow that it's not just like, oh, that's it, <laughs> bye. So, I mean, you talk about all these extra things, to do, I mean, other revenue opportunities. Um, when did you start thinking about that as part of your journey? Mm. 2017 March, wow. the apocalypse. <laughs> really? That, that's wow. when the journey began. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's when uh, I was uh, actually on our honeymoon. Uh, so I just got married, and so we went to Fiji. And uh, the apocalypse happened at the tail end of that. So I was watching our channel numbers and revenue just like go down the toilet. And so on the on the flight back, uh, it was just we were thinking about other ways that we could uh, diversify our revenue. And so I guess most of 2017 and 18 was about finding different methods of doing that, which we did in numerous ways. Um, yeah, I, I guess we did merchandise before that point, uh, but that was when we really hunkered down and made sure that our business could thrive in other so, areas. So too. before that, your majority of your revenue was, was ad revenue yeah. from YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'd say that you'd make a little bit on the side, but it's just nowhere near as much as what you get from ad revenue. Um that's a reliable amount in a month based on your view count and if your view count's stable then it's yeah you can rely on it as like a terms of your business but things like donations are like a one-time thing um so and who helped you set all that up like you know there's a lot of knowledge needed there me yeah <laughs> um <laughs> bit, so of, bit of trial and error yeah, well, I mean, I can give examples of, of a, a few of those because um, I think those might be more helpful than me just being like, you, people should try doing this and that. Um, Pam McMillan, uh, the book publisher, they reached out to us and so uh, they just said, we were thinking about doing a book based on your countdown scripts that you got and so we met up with them. That was a pretty straightforward process dealing with those guys. Um, so in that case, they came to us. Uh, the... The game that we published uh, was networking with a friend of ours that uh, they they basically specialize in helping you connect with other people who are interested in like uh, making games or making cartoons or making movies that kind of thing. Um, and so that was uh, th- that was a, a simple process of figuring out like what our brand strength is versus what they can output, and then uh, helping each other. So. Um, that was, yeah, that was a major bit of networking. But other things like Patreon, I mean, everyone knows Patreon. Merchandise, uh, our, our same friend hooked us up with um, Hanabi, and Hanabi do a lot of merchandise mm-hmm. for uh, Rooster Teeth and a few others. Um, but before that, we did, I think, I think it was Teespring or something like that. So, I mean, that was that was just as good, but at least this way we can get our merchandise into conventions and stuff. Um, and a lot of these opportunities just came because we had already built up an audience. Um, if you're just starting out, it's really hard to make connections like that. And so uh, once you start to uh, snowball a bit, then you can start to approach these companies or, or people that specialize in networking and, uh, and be able to connect with others who, you know, you can have a mutually beneficial arrangement, that kind of thing. Now, you talked about, obviously, you diversify in 2017. That's quite a bit after you started. Yep. For newer YouTubers or YouTube 
emerging YouTubers who are, who want to be serious long term, do you recommend they start earlier thinking about those kind of things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, especially these days. Uh, but I think most people are quite savvy and uh, there are way more opportunities for diversification these days because, I mean, uh, after the apocalypse, uh, I think a lot of creators started looking into that and spreading their information in videos anyway. Uh, but, I mean, if you're just starting out, it's probably just you or a small team. And so at that point, you just got to focus on uh, having... I, I think it's more important to spend a lot of time... Uh, being productive and uh, focusing on the quality of what you're making because that's going to dictate how your success is going to go later on. Um, the funding is mainly just like if you want to build or if you've got ideas for other series and that kind of thing. Um, but I guess it's everyone's got a different uh, you know, um, situation and so uh, they, they might need uh, upfront funding in order to be able to commit to maybe a year or two of research mm. and development. Rosie from Rosie's Desserts Bot, which is all about cake decorating. YouTube doesn't really pay very much, so you, you create it in other ways. So the toppers, the combs and stuff, and just using... Um, you know your audience is going to be interested in this thing, these kind of things because they're into cake decorating, and so there's already a market for you. Um, so maybe they can understand it in that way, but it's not really why, you know, it, it's a great bonus of it. But if you go in creating a channel for the sole purpose of, oh, I want to create clients, it's not very authentic and it's going to come through. So I do custom cake toppers and custom frosting combs as well. So I tie all of that into cake decorating and the passion still. I also run classes and workshops, which is heaps of fun. Um, and just little things in the background, just take up a lot of time, a lot of editing. Um, I really need to invest in someone to edit the videos for me, a camera woman and whatnot. <laughs> That'll really help too. So yeah. you do all of that yourself currently? Yes, I'm the camera woman, the marketer, the editor and everything else. It's good fun. And I mean, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I love it. And um, also then running additional businesses that are focused yeah. around your niche as well. That's it, yeah. yeah. So you're out there marketing those, creating the cake toppers, Selling them, to everything. Customers traveling for classes and whatnot, and so from the yeah, the toppers, the acrylic side of things, the, the laser cut system. Um, so there's um, group classes, there's one on one classes. I have got some recorded classes as well um, that are available on Vimeo. So the pre-recorded classes are really great to um, help to supplement and fund the channel and whatnot. Phoebe and Matt from the Travel Channel, Little Grey Box. It happened very slowly and total transparency it's still happening like it we are not we have not made it we are still in the grind right now um so for us it's it started to be little pieces of income and it was mainly the website um because we hadn't we launched youtube sometime after the website um so the website was sponsored posts people would maybe it was making like 140 dollars a month it was earning nothing and then it started to be more sponsored posts and more hey will you come and stay at this hotel and we'll pay you $300 to stay here? And it was like little bits of freelance writing on the side for me as well. Um, and then once the once the website really got a roll on, then we started to be able to set some rates and go, oh, okay, we can come out and do that for this much or this much. And it's been the same with the videos. We just started doing them off our own back and then clients would come to us and say, can we, can we engage you to make a video about this or that and we'll pay you and you put it on your channel? But to be honest, um, we do make money behind the scenes as well. So brands see what we make and they see that skill and they go, oh, okay, well, we want 
you know, four 30-second long videos about our property in Noosa, for example, can you come out and we'll pay you to make those. Mm. And I still do some design work on the side, just mm. like Phoebe has sort of freelance writing, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's very different for every client. Some of them are really tight on what they want and very clear. Sometimes they're really open and let you do whatever you want because they trust you and they know what you produce. Um, Singapore Airlines are like that. It's one of them. We have no they, – obviously they have guidelines, you know, like don't do not do anything terribly raunchy, of course. And we, <laughs> we wouldn't anyway. They wouldn't approach you to work with them if you weren't a good fit for their brand anyway. Mm. But you you we, – we go off gut feel a lot. And I, th- I think that's what people don't understand is we say no to a lot of – a lot of things that come our way simply because we it doesn't feel right. Something about this person, maybe they weren't organised, maybe they just something doesn't come across right or what they're asking you for. Like, who was it? Somebody said, um, oh, that's right, there was that trip recently. Remember that person came out of the blue and were like, we want to send you to this part of the world and you we will send a camera crew and they will film you and then we will edit it and then we will give the, you the video and you will put that on your YouTube channel. <laughs> that's not YouTube. That's <laughs> What are you doing? That's not the thing. So just flat out no. So you gauge the relationship. Absolutely. You know, make sure you have a good understanding of what they want before you commit. And I mean, it's a big, uh, it is, it is a big step working with these, with these big brands. Um, I guess a lot of creators think, you know, it, it is amazing, but they don't realize the cost of a, for a brand or a big company to do video. It's so, so, so expensive to do. Mm. Um, so to work with um, creators and influencers is active is actually quite cost effective for them. One is because the content is quite authentic and it reaches a big audience, but mm. also because you're just natural content creators and can do it in far cheap, far yeah. more cheaply than you know a production crew can. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that at first. I undervalued what we did totally and completely. I had no idea. And then I realized, I was like, wait a minute, we, and we offer everything. So I, I do some freelance writing for CNN, so I can really write. Like, if you need something really well done, I can do that for you. Matt puts together these incredible videos. You know, we've got, I'm happy to be in front of the camera. We can take great photographs. We can do everything you want to do with one two-person team. And I didn't really realize the value of that. But it is, and we can price it so well for them that, yeah, it's insane that, that more brands don't work with creators because they're so talented there's so many people out there who are so good at what they do and they price it better than really big production companies tom thumb world famous beatboxer like as soon as you have the freedom of of a a little bit of budget man it just makes a difference like yeah you just feel like a bit of a weight lifted off your shoulders because then you're like okay these people are giving me this money i can give them this content knowing that i'm being paid for what I feel like I deserve to be paid for Mm. and then I can just put every single iota of my being into creating a solid piece of content without worrying about where the next paycheck is going to come from. What about the the creative um, decisions you've got to make when you're working with a brand, I guess? You don't have that ultimate freedom to do what you want. Like, Has there ever been a situation where you're like, oh, I don't don't like what I'm doing here? Um, No, I'm very particular with that. Um, I figure that people are coming to me to collaborate with me because of what they've seen, what I do and the brand that I've put forward. Uh, and so I've been very lucky that every collaboration I've done, they've just kind of gone like, Hey man, you do your thing, bro. We're like, we're happy with, you know, like we trust you. Uh, there has been a few other things, um, but I've always managed to steer it in the direction I want it to go. There's nothing that I look back on and go, oh, I'm a sellout. 
Marcella and Veronica from Chicas Chick, a channel dedicated to hairstyles. For now, I have received um, many offers uh, from agencies and all of that, but I can notice they are not uh, very serious. Mm. And I'm always worried because um, I have my daughter especially working on the channel. Mm, so sometimes I talk with them and they try to take advantage mm. of, yeah, of the, uh, I don't know, they say, I can get this for you, but I have 70% and you 30%. So uh, I say, well, I have like almost all my family working in this. It's not fair. Mm. So, yes, I think um, it's good to to be careful with that kind of offers. And for now, um, we started like half year ago um, an online shop. Um, we saw the opportunity because many people was asking uh, for our hair care routine and all of that. Um, so we tried a formula for a hair care product. So we're selling that with some accessories online. And Gox, or Goxy. Like, I've, I've been selling merch the last couple of years, which blows my mind. But the, I remember, I still remember, like, the feeling of, like, selling a shirt with my name. Because, like, I, I love music and stuff, and I've always worn band shirts. But I always, that's more normal. That's, like, normal. You know, band does well. They'll put some shirts out. But there's not many comedians that, that do merch. And I remember that feeling of, like, to sell a shirt. And it's like, wow, like, that's awesome. Someone's wearing a shirt. But then it becomes a norm. <laughs> like, you can't just... You know what it's like when you first have a great feeling and it's hard to replicate. And now it's just like, come on, someone buy something. <laughs> but it is still a great feeling. But, yeah, and, I, and I've even, like, branched out into different merch too. Done, like, stickers and just really stubby coolers. And it's crazy, you know. And every time I bring it out, I'm like, I'm a bit worried. I'm like, oh, maybe no one will want this. But, yeah, it's it's pretty good reception. Amy Mariam, who's all about clean beauty? I think if someone was to quit their job and start a YouTube channel, like, and, and you know, that's what they're depending on, I think it's a big no-no because you can't expect that income, that stable income straight away anyways. So it really just depends on how your channel is performing. For me, I still work locally. Like, so I still work here and there on a Sunday just to make it all happen. But YouTube has been all right for me. Mm. Um, but... You know, the funny, the thing is that every month is different. So one month I could have heaps of views and one month I might not. So the thing is like you have, I think now on YouTube, you should have other sources of income. Mm-hmm. So Patreon, like that's something that a lot of YouTubers do. There's other affiliate based marketing that a lot of influencers do, commission based stuff that um, they've connected to their channels just as a source of income. So it's something stable. And there's just a whole heap of other platforms that people are exploring now just to keep it stable. With mine, it's always been quite stable with my income because my videos are like, even if my recent ones are not getting views, there's always old ones, which are always somehow like two years old ones that will be getting views. So I've been lucky with that. But moving forward, I think, yeah, like I still do one or two days of work here and there just to make it all happen. Create a generation of hype.